0: Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. Oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan. Author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters, 10 volumes. 10! Available at Amazon, Audible, and iTunes in paperback, ebook, Kindle, and audio format. Folks, go out there and buy a bunch of copies. Remember, it's Christmas. Don't be a freaking Scrooge, man. <laughs> 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 and without any further ado, may I introduce you to my brother and co-host, K.J. Sheehan. Kev, how are you? I'm doing all right, Bill. And folks, those paperback books, the
1: perfect size to put in a stocking. <laughs> and if you have stockings like ours on the fireplace, you could put ten of them in the stocking.
0: <laughs> Each stocking?
1: that Of course. That candy's no good for your teeth anyway. <laughs>
0: Try a candy
1: cane and (laughs) 10 bucks.
0: Try try gnawing on a couple of copies of uh, Bigfoot Terror (laughs) in the Woods. See how you like that, bud. You could soak them in maple syrup and Uh, put them in the oven for a little while. Talk about waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is horrible. (laughs) Remember the little rascals and the grandma? Eat your mush. Eat your mush.
1: (laughs) I just remember that giant square cake that they made. <laughs> remember they were pushing on it? It was like... Yeah.
0: <laughs> then they brought it over to the table and he was pulling out freaking hairbrushes. <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, Big rubber go, gloves. Oh, and the hot bottle. water bottle. Remember when he pulled that out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. But funny. <laughs> So did you have uh,
1: torrential rains today?
0: Yeah, it was raining. Uh, I went to church this afternoon. It was raining hard uh, going down William Floyd. Yeah. Uh, now it's, I guess it's intermittent, but the wind is starting to kick up. Man, we, it was raining. I think it broke records
1: today for rainfall in mm-hmm. Raleigh, North Carolina. we had a couple of tornado warnings. Um, you yeah, know, it was it's pretty wild. Yeah, no. A lot of lightning, a lot of thunder, tornadoes around, and torrential rain.
0: Unbelievable. Wow. I mean, that power is frightening, man. It is scary, man. Hmm. How do you think Bigfoot fares out when uh, a storm like that is rumbling around? Yeah, I think he
1: sits tight and he doesn't know because he doesn't have a. Uh, all of these constant weather alerts blasting in <laughs> with where's the box, where's the uh, tornado warning box, yeah. what street is the debris uh, signature on the radar showing up on.
0: It's like, you, wow. know what, you know what I had thought about? Those buggers uh, huddling up against a tree in a lightning storm. Mm. So that, that came to my mind uh, once or twice. Yeah, that's not a good idea. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't know it wasn't a good idea, you know? Yeah. You might get close to the trunk of a big spruce underneath to hide under the branches, the boughs. They might
1: know when they go up to one of those trees and there's like a skeleton of a fried Bigfoot on the tree (laughs) from the last storm.
0: From the last storm. (laughs) Cousin Louie. Uh-oh. (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> so Kev, what do we got in our uh cryptids in the news and other oddities segment?
1: Yeah, we got a little bit of a double header tonight, Bill. Um one is a news article that came in of a possible Bigfoot sighting just about 2 weeks ago. One of our listeners sent it in. Okay. And then we're going to talk about a classic cryptid legend from down south. Oh, interesting. So first we'll start off Going up to Steuben, New York. Okay, where a hunter spotted a possible Bigfoot. Oh, yeah.
0: Do we know where Steuben is? uh, As a matter of
1: fact, I had to look it up because I had heard of it before. But it is in a very rural place. Mm -hmm. It would be. It's about two thirds of the way. West from Albany towards Syracuse, okay, and a bit farther north than Syracuse. So definitely a really rural area. Like there's no big city around up there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure this prime uh, hunting territory is prime well.
1: hunting. Definitely, uh, you know this this uh, hunter there. So this, by the way, so this hunter. Let's get into it. This guy was hunting deer in this area of upstate New York. And the hunter claimed to have seen a tall, dark figure that's shaped like a pillar. Hmm. Okay, so that's a little weird, but stay with it. Mm -hmm. And he says uh, in the statement, and he shared this statement with uh, Bigfoot researchers of Hudson Valley, the hunter explains that, that he, along with another hunter, Heard loud noises and the snapping of branches. And he wrote this. After we got settled in a spot, we started hearing wood hitting wood, hmm. which sounds completely different from people stepping on a branch that breaks. And we heard several whooping and grunting noises. Huh. And shortly after th- hearing those noises, the hunters heard something stomping through the woods breaking larger branches. Uh-huh. And, you know, the noises were so loud that they figured that it might have been a uh, bear. Right? Yeah, Makes sense. Yeah. And um, but, but they didn't see any bear. So the noisers grew so close and so loud that it brought the hunters to their feet. You know, so I guess they were hunkered down in a good spot to see some deer and get a shot off at them, right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. They get up to their feet. And they see a tall, dark figure shaped like a pillar about 50 yards away. And it's right in the same direction that the noises were coming from. Hmm. And the Hunter says, I was staring at it for about five minutes trying to see uh, what I was seeing and he says that uh, the top where the head would be was turning back and forth the reason i know this is cause there was something of a dark red color that i kept seeing move around and the darkness figure darkness of the figure seemed to change like it was moving
0: hmm.
1: yeah pretty strange right
0: yeah i wonder if there was any sunlight out that would alter it it sounds much-
1: like it was really early mm-hmm. in the morning you mm-hmm. know so And he says, in the blink of an eye, the creature was gone, but the wood-hitting, grunting, and whooping noises continued in different directions. Mm. And as the noises died down, the hunter left the woods to find a different hunting spot. I guess figuring everything was pretty much scared
0: away by that. Yeah, probably a good idea. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Anything with a
0: brain was gone. Oh, my God. You know, uh, whenever I hear about the uh, stomping and branch breaking. Uh, that's a deliberate act. And the question is, what is it being done for? Is that, uh, out of frustration? Is it out of, uh, or is it trying to scare you? Uh, what is going on? I mean, that's
1: the million dollar question, Bill, because it's certainly not trying to sneak around because we know that things are darn stealthy when they want to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Interesting that if it was the same creature, the, why does it go to this pedestal-like stance uh, uh, and, and and think that it's not being seen? You know, like a rabbit sitting still in the grass, you know? Yeah. Uh, kind of weird, you know, that's something that... But deer, I shouldn't say that. You know, I always second-guess myself. Right here in my own uh, place... Regularly, I walk up on deer that are stale, uh, standing still like a statue, and I go, oh, you know, you don't see them until you see them. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: you got to get, well, that camouflage is just pretty darn good, right? Yeah,
0: and they are perfectly still. I mean, they just lock up. Yeah. Uh, and that's interesting. So why not the Bigfoot? I guess I answer my own question. Why not the Bigfoot the same thing?
1: Yeah, I I mean I I can't argue with it. It could certainly be. I mean, uh you know, they in in part of the article I didn't uh, read to you, you didn't share, you know, they talked about the fact where someone was saying, Well, maybe it was a hunter, but hunters behave in the opposite way. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to I mean you may hear broken sticks and stuff mm-hmm. like that if they're not too good at hunting. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and
0: how But how many how many people uh and accounts and stories have we heard about where the individual thought they were looking at a stump, a broken off tree, you know, these types of things, and then it moved. Right. So it's it's like they are, some of the Indians call them uh, tree huggers. Right. They do know what they're doing relative to using trees as cover. So, perhaps they also think that hey, I'll just stand still like a tree. Maybe. You know, I don't know. We we can't. We don't have answers to these questions. We can only surmise. <laughs> oh boy, interesting. So, so he left, and. Uh, and that's it. That's yeah. all, all we know. Yeah, um, and that's to me. That's a very typical scenario, right? I think so. You're out doing something, hunting, fishing, out for a hike, a little stroll, picnic. And all of a sudden, uh, the table is turned. And now yeah, you're the and that
1: That was just in the news a couple of weeks ago. And thanks to one of our listeners for sending that in, mm-hmm. that article, because I hadn't seen that one. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of detail there, no pictures or, you know, No video, no recording, but you Mm -hmm. could see why because they're not sure what they're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like what is that over there? But it didn't really sound like a seem like a bear. Mm -hmm. Certainly wasn't a
0: hunter. So and it was something big, right? Yeah, and this is the prime season. I mean, like Danny's been hunting the fall deer and turkey. Right. I I just talked to him this morning. He just came back from some turkey hunt in recent uh, days upstate. Okay. This guy this guy is right in the middle of hunting season, upstate New York. Yeah. Uh, whitetail. So, yep. uh, you know, it's like a lottery pick. But it also makes you wonder. I wonder if anybody else up there hunting this season has seen something and they're just keeping it in their pocket.
1: Yeah. Let See? us know, folks. If you've seen something, say something. Contact us on our website, com. Mm -hmm. Come to us. Yeah, all right, Bill. So that's what we have in terms of this Bigfoot sighting, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to shift gears completely, and we're going to talk about a cryptid from way down south. How far way down? In Chattawa, Mississippi. That's way
0: down. Way down there.
1: <laughs> and Chattawa, by the way, it's in the central to western part of the southern edge of Mississippi. So really close to the border of Louisiana. Okay. So we're talking like a swampy rural area.
0: Okay. There's nothing wrong with the swamp. No, it's good, especially if you're a snake or a gator. <laughs> Yeah, nothing wrong with the swamp as long as you respect it, yo. I don't really want to live in the swamp, (laughs) there are people that do. (laughs) Yeah, man, I could go for a little banjo music. A little bite of snake. You know what I'm saying? A little (laughs) snake wrestling. I could do that. I always remember the the
1: movie The Water Boy. I don't know if you ever saw that, Bill. No, I didn't. He's from (laughs) the Bayou in Louisiana. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh he goes over to dinner at uh, his potential girlfriend's house and there's this huge, like, snake curled up dead on the table. Like, that's dinner. A giant snake, like, you know, I don't know, eight inches in diameter, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, man, this snake is delicious. And what part of the snake is this? And she says, well, son, Snakes don't really have parts, but if I guess they did, it would be the knee. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Folks, if you've seen the
0: movie, you remember that when he was <laughs> dating Vicky Valancourt. what meet's Vicky. <laughs> That's what you call a snake steak. <laughs> All right, so let's get back to Chatawa. No, Chatawa.
1: I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But this is pretty interesting. So um, these sightings are, you know, relatively modern day, you know, from like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 1900s. Um, and as the story goes, that there was a train that derailed in Chattawa and it released a variety of animals and performers. And one of them was a monster. And the monster was reported to be a cross between an animal and a human, but it was so evil and aggressive that it was kept in a steel cage
0: at the circus. <laughs> Sounds like Ted Bundy. <laughs> George yeah. the a- George the Animal Steel.
1: Yeah, so this is one of those stories, Bill. We see these a uh, few times down in the southern U.S. where the legend is... Tied somewhat, and you'll see somewhat to uh the crash of a circus train. And folks, many times when people fully investigate these circus train crashes, not all the time, but many times they're found that there wasn't even a circus train. So <laughs> right. I will warn you about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: No circus, no animals, no, no train. Thank
1: you no, very much. But so so what they say though about this crash is that only a mom, only the monster and some monkeys from the circus survived the accident. So think about that. Put that on ice for a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. okay? Um so now we're going to we're going to talk about this article that uh was in uh WJTV in Pike County, Mississippi where they're talking about the monster. Mm-hmm. And um, they say that there's a few other wrinkles to the story. Actually, I'm going to switch here to a newspaper article, which is even better. Newspaper article in 1985. And there's a couple other wrinkles to the story. So, you know, this gentleman, Chip Leggett, one of the group that leases a lodge from the Kramer's family, which is called Kramer Lodge, which is right there where they see a lot of these Creatures, right, where they see this monster, uh-huh. said it was quite a hot spot in the 1940s. And at this lodge, on purpose uh, in the 1940s, they kept exotic birds, caged bears, and monkeys. So it was a bit of a zoo that mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. at this Kramer Lodge. And he said um, <coughs> he shared a bunch of his wildlife when he wasn't busy busy hustling votes in Baton Rouge so this mm-hmm. guy was named Huey Long who uh shared some of these wildlife and um they they you know to some of the people in the area of of Chitawa they think it was a big joke started generations ago by pranksters and others think it's uh related to Bigfoot mm-hmm. okay and um you know A lot of legends come from, uh, there was a school down there, a boarding school right near this uh, Kramer Lodge. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the wealthier kids from in Louisiana would be sent up to this boarding school because it was far enough away. Uh, I guess to uh, teach them a little discipline, but not too far away where they had to get on a plane or anything like that. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, these students would always talk about the fact that certain children would disappear from the school. But, you know, again, now this is really rural Mississippi, you know, were did students really disappear or were the names made up or were they real people and no one really knew them? No one knows, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this one guy, uh, Mr. Brumfield, who's 29, he's a manager of uh, Delaware Gulf in Macomb. He says his family owns some land that's in uh, uh, Chattawa Bluffs, and he said it was he was hunting there about 12 years ago when he heard very strange things like howls, And he saw claw marks similar to what a very large cat would make high in a tree on all sides of it. But he said, it's interesting, the scratches didn't strip the bark off of the tree. And he said, you never really see anything like that. Now, that doesn't make sense to you and me, Bill, per se, but we don't live down there in the swamp. Right, well,
0: you have to rely on a little area knowledge, and I'm sure there's a A thousand people out there that are agreeing with what he said. Now, there's also
1: a convent down there, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't think it's there anymore, but there was a convent there with a, a bunch of nuns in it, and the, the nuns definitely reported the fact that they would see these monkeys, see and hear these monkeys, out in the edge of the forest and swamp next to the convent. Hmm. No so casket, you know, no casket girls? No casket curls. This is up the road a piece. <laughs> yeah, another, that's right. Two weeks in a row with a convent and nuns. Who would have guessed that? <laughs> and, then, and then there was a summer camp there. This sounds a little bit of an episode, like an episode of the movie Halloween. Um, but there was a Mary's summer camp that was there. And uh, whenever camp would come in session there would be a bunch of signs that would come up all around the camp and the, on the way into the camp that would say, Beware of the Ch- uh, Chattawa monster. Oh. And this uh, woman is talking about it in this newspaper article.
0: Wow. Yeah. So it's 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 a multifaceted thing. If If you buy a little, you have to buy a lot because they're all kind of talking about similar things. And quite a diverse uh, grouping of people that are saying things, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it really feels like there is something going on down there. And like in many places, not all places, you know, I'm not talking about rural Alaska or British Columbia, but in some of these places, there seems to be, you know, once someone does report seeing something, then there's also some hoaxes. Yeah. Jokes and stuff like that that go on associated with it.
0: Yeah, that would happen for sure. Doesn't mean yeah. that they didn't see it, but you know, facts and details get uh, scrambled. You know, yeah. like the telephone game, right? I tell you something. By the time it gets through twenty-five people, uh, you went to the store to buy groceries, <laughs> right? So I mean,
1: what we know for sure is that there was this lodge down there. That had a lot of wildlife, including monkeys, and in that. We know that uh, nuns, Catholic nuns in this convent, had seen, you know, have reported seeing the monkeys and hearing the monkeys on a fairly regular basis. And then we know of people reporting this other larger creature uh, in and around the forest there called the uh, Chatawa
0: monster. Fantastic, man. That is yeah, freaking- And then
1: the legend, you know, that there was some huge fierce monster that was on the circus train you know blah 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 but that's that's much more of a legend but it's interesting i'll i'll put the uh, actual copy of the uh, newspaper article from September 1985 in the Enterprise Journal and it's pretty cool they uh, the the headline is monster legends abound hmm. and i was quoting from that article and you see this very rural town um, picture of this very rural town, maybe the post office or something like that, next to
0: the railroad tracks. Yeah, well, look, you just consider a little place like that, man. Hey, you are nothing uh, compared to the scale of what you're sitting in. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just like a, a, a piece of litter in the landscape, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, okay, you can have your post office and a uh, hundred houses and a gas pump and this and that, but you you're nothing you are insignificant in that landscape as far as what could be there and what is there. You just happen to have set up shop there, yeah, and I
1: acknowledge you know this story it's not as vivid uh of an account as as many of the others that I cover, but it is interesting, and we hadn't talked about it before, and it does have this actual newspaper article associated with it,
0: yeah, very cool. I always like that. Yeah, super cool! Wow, interesting, Kev. Well, I got uh, you know, I got to tell you folks, uh, I am sure uh, I have talked about this account before, but first of all, tis the season uh, with potential snow on the ground, and this is another one that happened in some cool weather. But when people say to me, "Do you have any favorites?" and then I consider this one. And this one is one of my favorite accounts. Uh, And I'm going to tell you why. While you listen to this, I want you to consider what this guy walked into. What these creatures were actively doing when he walked in. Did they make a decision to stay when they could have left? And how badly... This could have ended, okay? It's a lot of stuff to think about, but I want you to listen and consider carefully what goes on when this guy makes contact. Hmm. The following account was told to me by Benjamin Turner, a resident of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Once again, a hunter finds himself positioned in the timber for a sighting of a lifetime. This is what Benjamin encountered while hunting the fringes of the Bonf National Forest. First of all, Bill, I want to thank you for giving me and others a forum in which we can share an encounter with Sasquatch and being able to do so without ridicule. I'm somewhat ashamed to admit so, but before my encounter, I wouldn't have believed it had someone else told me what I am about to share with you and your readers, or in this case, listeners. It was in 2012 that I had gone into the bomb Forest elk hunting. The area in which I hunt is only 30 miles from my home. So whenever I am there, it is always a day trip, and as such, I travel light. In other words, no tent, very little in regards to supplies, just enough for the day and perhaps a little extra for an emergency. In 2012, I was 59, and although I am in reasonably good shape, I was in no way looking to hike a long way or in much elevation for the day. This was fairly much going to be a walk in the woods, and if I happened to run across something, it would have been a bonus of sorts. In other words, I was hunting, but not so much, if that makes any sense to you. It was a pristine day, blue skies and very wispy cloud cover floating over the bonf. I had entered the forest at about 8 a.m. with my rifle slung over my shoulder and a light pack on my back. It was so warm that morning that about a mile in, I had taken off my coat and was wearing a heavy woolen pullover. It was about 11:30 that I found a nice area to sit in for an hour. And it was here that I would make my stand as far as seeing something to shoot was concerned. There was about a foot of snow in the woods, and within about 20 minutes the wind kicked up, as a gray cloud cover began to roll over me and light snow began to fall. I was only perhaps 3 miles into the woods and was in no way concerned about the weather. But I was in a small clearing where the snow was now landing directly on me. So I decided to move into a more favorable location, putting me in a somewhat more sheltered position. The forest here is very dense, with a considerable amount of deadfall everywhere, causing one to be very careful where you step in the snow not being able to see what's buried beneath it. So I was slowly making my way into an area where there was more overhead cover to protect me while I sat. I have to say at this point that, unlike many of the accounts which you have written, I did not have any sense of being watched or feeling fearful. Yes, it was quiet, so much so that I could hear the snow hissing as it fell to the ground. But other than that, nothing to me seemed out of the ordinary. I felt very much at ease and peaceful. But that was about to change. I don't think that I had walked 200 feet when a red stain in the snow caught my eye just ahead of me and to my right. In the snow, it appeared just as a cherry snow cone would that you might buy at a carnival pure white snow, stained in red about four feet in diameter. It was blood. Understand me, please. There was deadfall everywhere and thousands of small scrubby bushes, trees and undergrowth as well as tall trees with this pure white snow covering the forest floor. I realized that something had been killed here and began to scan the area for the carcass and or the predator. As my eyes moved to the left, I had now taken my rifle from my shoulder and was holding it at the ready in front of me. When I saw the carcass of what appeared to be the remains of a small deer splayed or draped over a low branch belonging to a small tree, the entire skeleton was visible with very little flesh still attached to it, which was still bloodied. This hadn't been hanging on this branch for long, I can assure you of that. The branch was only maybe 20 feet away from me, as I now was slowly scanning the area, trying to look through and around every bush and tree in the vicinity. Having now done so, my eyes were drawn back to this carcass, Maybe 10 feet away, just to the right of where this carcass hung, was a cluster of three trees. Two narrower ones, maybe a foot or less thick, and one larger tree with a diameter of, say, three feet. For whatever reason, I hadn't noticed earlier that the bottom segment of the thicker tree became narrower at about 10 feet from the ground. And that is when I saw a movement. At the 10-foot mark, I saw a shift, which caused me to concentrate more carefully. Now realizing this was a beast of mammoth proportions leaning quite still, flush against the side of this tree. And then I saw a black eye blink. It was covered from head to toe with a dark chocolate brown shaggy fur sprinkled with snow, the face almost indiscernible from the rest of the body. If I hadn't seen the head twitch an inch followed by the blink of one eye, I wouldn't have even noticed it. Sound familiar, Kev? Yeah, and in the hotbed there. Now here we go. Realizing I was now standing up close and personal with an enormous squatch, I slowly started to backtrack as though I had seen nothing. I was now about 40 feet away and the creature hadn't moved from the tree. When my eyes caught a glimpse of something gray through an opening close to the ground in the branches of another bush... What I saw was gray like a squirrel's fur and somewhat cone-shaped. It then turned ever so slightly to the right as I now realized I was looking at the back of a head of yet another Sasquatch squatting on the ground. It had short, light gray fur, unlike the other being long and dark brown, and my heart began to race. Continuing to move ever so slowly, yet another small deer became visible laying on the ground in front of this gray squatch. it also being dead but not torn apart as of yet. I spent no additional time looking as I now increased my stride to get as far away as possible without seeming hurried in the process. Soon I was a couple of hundred feet away and as I turned to look as best as I could see neither of them had moved. They were in complete stealth mode. In the moment, part of me wanted to squeeze the trigger on the first, and I don't know quite why I didn't. I would not have, It would not have been for the sake of just killing it, but rather to save myself from impending doom. But it's a good thing I didn't. The other one would have jumped me, if not both of them, and torn me limb from limb. I have to say they simply stayed where they were, perfectly still as I had entered the area, not willing to give up their prey, apparently waiting to see what would fall out with my own actions. When I was well away from them, my heart began to suddenly race and I began to tremble violently. Whether or not this was some type of delayed reaction to abject fear, to the abject fear I had felt, I cannot say, but I was freaking out. About three o'clock, I was out of the woods and turned back to look over the forest I had just come from. I was amazed at how calm I was able to react in the moment I saw the first. Had I reacted differently, who knows what may have happened. To the one half, excuse me, to the one leaning on the tree, had I reacted, excuse me, oh, the one leaning on the tree had to have been a thousand pounds with the one crouched down, perhaps half of that or better. The two of them look entirely different, one from the other, short hair and long hair, gray and brown, one larger, one smaller, having apparently killed two small fawns and gathered together to eat. I will never enter any forest the same way again, knowing now what I do about the existence of these creatures." They obviously could have taken me, and perhaps they would have, if they hadn't already scored these fawns. I guess I should consider myself more than a little lucky. What do you think of that, Kev?
1: Man, I'd consider myself more than a little lucky, but what, what vivid descriptions. That, that is, I could see that's why one, why it's one of your favorites, Bill. Like,
0: yeah, now, Kev, this guy really was in a situation deep by the time he even had a chance to realize he was in the situation. Oh, yeah. and he's in the middle of
1: nowhere, Bill. It's not like he can hustle 25 yards back to the road and get in a
0: Suburban. Now, what's really interesting is you were just talking about that guy seeing this thing standing like a tree. Mm-hmm. And here he is in the middle of this scene realizing that the thicker part of the tree's base was a squatch leaning against it. Right. And this thing was not moving. He said he saw the head twitch an inch.
1: Yeah, and that's very similar to the account that I was talking about. And,
0: and then, lo and behold, there's another one there. Yeah, a little of one, or half of one, like right. half the other one. Different color fur. Yeah. But what did he see first? He first notices the snow uh, uh, dyed red. Yeah. And then he looks up and sees this body that's been picked at splayed over a branch. So it's like they ripped this thing up and flipped it over a branch and were like taking hunks off of it. Uh, and then here's this other little gray one sitting by a second, two small deer. Think yeah. about that too. Small deer are a lot easier to catch than mama and daddy. That
1: is correct.
0: So, you know, and a little They don't have
1: any of the learnings or experience, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I would think a big critter. Or what if the half critter was a young one, and uh, the reason they were small was because the other one was teaching them how to get them and start off small?
1: Yeah. Hmm?
0: Could be. Very, very interesting. And uh, so... There you have it. Like, again, what are your favorites? I got it. so many of them, man. But there's reason to really pay attention to what that guy just said.
1: No, great account. And also, what was his estimate? Like £1, yeah, the the a 1,000 pounds, too.
0: Just a The larger one, 1,000. Yeah. And he said the other one, half that. Yeah. So a 1,000 pounds. Just a yeah. monster. Listen, man, if you're 10 feet tall... Uh, and, you know, a big, big animal by any uh, stretch of the imagination. I don't think a 1,000 pounds is far away. You know, yeah. 900, 1,000, 1,100. Right. That thing has some density to it, you know. I'd say. Yeah, so there you have it, man. Yeehaw. The Bump, the Bump National Forest. Crazy, yeah, man. That's that's my that is son some...
1: was just up there a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, kicking around. Yeah, kicking around the bump. Yeah, wild. It's wild country. I mean, you said it, wild. That is wild I haven't been up
1: to that particular area, but it's definitely on my list. Mm -hmm. That is definitely some wild territory. We will get there for sure. So what do we have, Kev? Yeah, we got some listener mail. Um, Just a couple this week we're going to cover. The first one comes from Jason. Jason doesn't say where he's from, but this is pretty interesting. It's not an account or anything. It's just a technical question, and I thought I had the answer to it, but I don't. And, Bill, you better get your pencil out because you're going to get an action item from this one. (laughs) (laughs) But Jason's out there, like many of our listeners, and he's trying to get to the very early episodes of the podcast. And he says, my podcast search will not let me go any farther back than like episode 120. Um and first I have to put a warning out there, which is uh, you know, the the bad news is uh you can't get back to any of the very early episodes, Jason. The good news is that you're not going to get back to any of the very early episodes. Cause <laughs> although the accounts are fantastic, um uh, the cryptids in the news and other oddities are equally fantastic than anything we do today um sometimes the production quality especially in the very early episodes are not as good so when we do get you back there just be a little more patient because we were still i mean today we're still learning how to do this thing but back then we were really learning how to do this thing (laughs) Yeah, yeah but i went and checked bill so on my um i use uh Uh, Apple podcast player, Mm -hmm. and I went back on the Apple podcast player, and I could only get to 107. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I went immediately to our hosting platform, and everything is there all the way back to episode one in Provo, Utah. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you could get on the horn when you get a chance with our hosting company and ask them, you know, well, what's the scoop? Maybe they stop pushing them out after some point in time, which Mm -hmm. we got to get them to start pushing them out again. So,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I will contact them, Kev, and yeah. uh, ask the And maybe the it's not
1: their issue. Maybe it's something else. And any of you out there listening, if you know what the issue is, definitely write in, you know, attention, KJ, and let me know. So, I Kev, can, uh, how,
0: how far back did you go? What would you say,
1: 106? I got to 107. Okay, and what did uh, – his name is Gene, right? Uh, Jason. He got oh, to Jason. the 120s, he said.
0: Uh, do we know what podcast play he was using? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, were, I don't think it matters because
1: right. Apple's and you were the using most Apple. Popular. If I can't get there, nobody's going to get there. You
0: know. No, uh, the point I'm making though is that uh, you know we've got two different numbers right there, so that's kind of weird.
1: Kind of, kind of. You but know. you know, so there. Yeah, it would be better if they were the same exact number for right. sure. If
0: both of you got knocked out at 121 or something. Yep. Agree. Uh, But you got 120s. He's in. I'm in 107. 107, He's in in the 120s somewhere. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, check into it. Uh, I haven't, uh, Kev, you know, I have to tell you, in the midst of all of this, how many emails have we had in recent weeks and months from people who said, I've listened to everything from day one?
1: Well, but you could have listened to it. Everything from day one, if you started further back in time.
0: No, these were newcomers. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, these were newcomers who got on and said, I went right back and came to here.
1: I mean, you know me. I'm a techie, though, Bill. I tried it five Mm -hmm. different ways till Sunday on different devices, different players. I can't get there.
0: All right, let's leave it at that, see what we could do. Yep, Uh, good stuff.
1: And again, if anybody out there has a tip or trick, let us know. Yeah, well, certainly right. you're me. And our our next email comes in from Steve from Iowa. Hey Stevie. And coincidentally, his subject is good news, bad news. Not to be confused with my good news, bad news. <laughs> but Steve says, I have good news and I have bad news. First the good news. I think your podcast is absolutely the best I've heard in a variety of genres. Just like you have heard many times, your delivery, personalities, and banter is very similar to the Tappet Brothers with your unique twist. And, of course, the Tappet Brothers folks are from Car Talk, who definitely gave Bill and I some inspiration. Those two wacky Cambridge, Massachusetts, or as they would say,
0: Cambridge Ma guys. What kind of noise was your Volkswagen making, ma'am? Yeah. Click 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 crunch crunch crunch.
1: (laughs) But but Steve continues to write. Both your personalities come through, and I find myself laughing at some of your comments. Only some of them, Bill. I subscribe to receive your podcast through Mm iHeartMedia. I listen to your old podcasts as I look forward to a new one each week. Now the bad news: I have a hard time sleeping. I usually wake up around 1 a.m. and I have a hard time going back to sleep. At that time, I grab my mobile phone, I find an old episode, and I start listening. Wow, my mind stops racing, and by listening to one of your podcasts, I eventually can go back to sleep. So, I don't know if that means we're interesting, Bill, or not. Well, they find it uh, pleasurable. There you go. And he says, you should start selling your podcast as a sleep aid. (laughs) I don't know if we want to go with that tagline,
0: Steve.
1: (laughs) Trouble sleeping? Check out Bigfoot Terror in the
0: Woods.
1: (laughs) And then he writes, P.S. Three years ago, I was in Wisconsin along the Wisconsin River and found three Bigfoot tracks in the sand. I took a photo with my wife's foot alongside to show the scale." Looking forward to your next podcast and to falling asleep tonight with your help.
0: Yeah, and Kev, I uh, sent a letter to this fellow, or I responded and asked him to call me because I mean, I'd like to hear about the prints yeah. he found. Yeah. But uh, I haven't heard back. Now, that doesn't mean he's not around or hasn't even seen the email response, you know. Yeah. And uh, but uh, again, if you're listening. I left you my number. Give me a call. I want to talk to you about the three prints you found, where you were, you know, blah, blah, blah. i like to kick it around. You know, Kim. I'm, I'm
1: with you 100%, Bill. <laughs> so that's it this week. And, Bill, get ready because our next recording is going to be the annual Christmas episode. Oh, interesting. So dust off those Santa bells that I think you made from uh, 556 five, shell casings. <laughs> I'll dust off my uh, famous or infamous adaptation of Twas the Night Before Christmas. And uh, we'll
0: get that going next time around. Yeah. Just remember, a man needs to know his limitations. (laughs) A man's got to know his (laughs) limitations. And folks, if you should find yourselves... Stomping around the brush upstate New York hunting deer or in the Bonf National Forest hunting elk. You best remember one thing, my friends always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight.